0: The man that we're going to have speak to you today is not new around here. I won't say he's old around here, but let's just say that I went to his kid's camp when I was a kid. We have gone through life's great celebrations together, and we've gone through some tough stuff together. But let me tell you, faith, hope, and love, they remain. And he's going to bring the word to you, as only Tim Brooks can do. Y'all welcome, Tim Brooks. I I love introductions and being clapped for before I start, because I usually don't get that when I'm done. I'm just going to tell you, y'all can be seated. Let me just kind of get myself together here a few minutes. I'm in an all-out panic, just to be honest with you. This renovation, I, this church was built in 1985, and I have been speaking on this platform since 1985. I've been here a long time. And all these renovations, that's spectacular. It's just, we got to new and update, so I'm thinking, okay, next time I come up here, I need to have a hair transplant, my face tightened. <laughs> I'm trying to think of maybe I could preach in one of those T-shirts that's six sizes too small for you. You know it makes you really look. They're not that big, but to young people, maybe I could get a couple of sleeve tattoos or something and a ball cap to preach on. so I'm going to step it up. I'm not going to just be old and outdated. I'm going to step it right up here. Well, Susan asked me to bring a product table out there, some books out in front. For those who maybe have not read those, I've got a parenting book out there. Everybody that's parent, for everybody that's a parent, um, you need to read that. If you've got kids that are parents, get that for them, and demand that they read it. It talks about keeping your children under control. It's a lost art today, uh, so I'd really highly recommend that parenting book, The Roar of the Line. It's a biblical worldview, and with the thinking of this world, we've gone crazy. I tell you, gone crazy. Get that roar of the line and get our thinking back straight. Another book, The Sermon on the Mount and Parables. We just go through that and kind of put them in cowboy language, so uh, you'd really enjoy reading that Bible study. Main thing that's on that table out there I'd love for you to pick up is a little brochure about our upcoming marriage conference that we do in Branson uh, every year, been doing these for years and years, and you talking about a lot of fun. Most fun weekend you'll ever have. I know for you husbands, what's wrong with our marriage? Ain't nothing wrong with our marriage. If there's something wrong with your marriage, don't come to this. Go get some help. But if you've got a good marriage and you want to really have fun and take this marriage to a fun level, you need to come to it. So get you a brochure out there and read about it. It's just in about five weeks from now, so we just got a short time to get you registered. But love to see anybody that's married come to that. Well, today we're going to have a healing service here. Uh, I've been holding healing services in Hot Springs and um, just seeing people healed. And so we're going to have a a healing service here today. Uh, Psalms 107 verse 20, it says, He sent His Word and it healed them. And it snatched them from the door of death. Well, as I teach the Word today, sitting right there in your seat, you're going to be healed. We're going to have a healing service. How do I know that? Because I'm fixed to teach the Word. See, we sent his word, and it heals, so we're, we're having healing services everywhere I go because I'm going to teach the word, and then you're going to hear the word, and the word heals people, and that's what's going to happen. So I want to make sure that your soil is tilled, and you're ready to receive your healing. So right now, right where you sit, say it with me. Healing, come to me right now. Healing, come to me. I set myself in a place to receive healing. The word heals. I receive the word. Therefore I, my Therefore, I receive my healing. That's what's going to happen right now. As the word goes forth, you're going to be healed sitting right there. Genesis chapter 1 uh, starts out God created a perfect, spectacular world. You need to look at this. So it's just perfect. Created mankind, placed us in this perfect, spectacular world. You read about this story. That you, you read about the first part of chapter two. The trees were beautiful, delicious fruit, rivers, except not gold, exceptionally pure gold, onyx. I mean, we just there were no tornadoes, no hurricanes, no cancer, no heart attack, no gossip, no hurt feeling, no boyfriend breaking up with a girlfriend, no anger, nobody's mad. Never rained out your picnic. The rope and pin was never too wet to rope in. Water just came up from the ground, watered things. I mean, it was just perfect, just perfect. Then God said, Eat everything. Just eat everything here. It's all yours. Just eat everything. Just, just this one tree. Y'all know the deal. Chapter two seventeen. Well, I, I won't go into the whole story because you know it. Well, just that one tree. So we had to disobey God. That perfect life was over. Now, you, you got to write this down. That perfect life was over, and many, many, many folks don't know that. The perfect life is over, and it's not God's fault.. You know, acts of God, hurricanes, tornadoes. Well, what the? Where did we get? That's acts of God. God, that was not God's plan. That's not acts of God. God is blamed. He's questioned. Why did this happen? Why did that why it happened is because of that apple. The one he told you not to eat. Why did this have to happen to them? They were good people. Why did that car wreck? Why did this cancel? The, the reason was we shouldn't eat in that one apple. You eat all apples in the whole garden, but not this one. God is blamed and questioned and, and blamed when imperfect. Happens. Hurts, pains, suffering, thorns, thistles are all part of our daily life. In a world that disobedience and sin caused. Now we live in an imperfect world and we live with imperfect people. Write that down. We live with imperfect people. And underline imperfect. Imperfect. I want to talk today about navigating our life in the middle of an imperfect world. Navigating your life surrounded with imperfect people. I want to navigate my life in such a way that I experience the life and the life more abundant that Jesus came to bring. Jesus came that I might have life and have life more abundant. Well, I've got to navigate through all these imperfect people around me because I'm going to live in what he brought me. I'm just telling you now I'm not going to be robbed. I'm going to be happy. I'm going to be in peace. I'm going to be full of joy. I'm going to love my life. I'm going to experience the abundant life, and I'm not going to be robbed. Well, how do I live happy? How do I live in peace? How do I live in joy with this husband that I have? Look straight ahead. Don't look to your side. (laughs) How do I live happy with this boss that I have? How do I live happy with these teenagers in my home? I want to talk about navigating our life in the midst of an imperfect world with imperfect people, with imperfect events and circumstances, situations happening. Now, the word navigate means to steer or direct. If you're not steering And directing your life and your thinking about your family, your business, the day's activities. The bad that happens that is a result of being surrounded with imperfect people will take you out. It will take you out. Oh Tim, I'm not navigating my life. I've turned that all over to Jesus. Well, that could be your problem. That could be a problem for you because 2 Corinthians 10.5 says you take every thought captive. You you take every thought captive. See, God said in Ephesians 4 and Colossians 3, you put off the old nature and you put on the new nature. Now, clearly, obviously, there are things that only God can do. And I turned that over to God. I turn that over to God and I trust God. But there are some things that God clearly told you to do, and you got to stop trying to turn those over to God. You got to stop. Oh, God, clean my thoughts. Oh, God, my thoughts. Oh, God, I'm just so depressed. Help me. You take your thoughts captive. Now, you can quit praying about God helping you take your thought captive, that's your job. See, you, I just don't want to be, Put off the works of the flesh, and you put on this new nature of the Spirit. Now, I'm, make sure you understand. There are clearly things we don't and can't do. God does it. We, it. Just while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. He did that without any part of us. But we're forgetting that there are some parts that he's left up to us. I want to talk about navigating your life and not living your life jerked up in fear, no peace, no joy. I want to talk about navigating your life in the midst of imperfect. People, imperfect world, imperfect surroundings. When 2 Corinthians chapter 10 tells us to take every thought captive, in the Greek what that means is take every thought captive. <laughs> That's what it means. Same thing in the Hebrew. Your life will totally change when you quit thinking this and you start thinking that. Your life will totally change when you quit expecting and demanding perfection out of people, out of your kid's school teacher, out of your boss, out of your neighbor, out of the girl checking you out at Walmart. That's a tough one for me. I get her every time. Stop demanding perfection out of your kid's referee at his ball game. Take the thought captive. Understand people make mistakes. You roll your eyes. You say, bless their heart, they blew it, and life goes on. Your kid's teacher is not perfect. She had a bad day. She handled it all wrong, and she should have never said that. Quit looking for her to be perfect and quit storming down to the school demanding that your little sweetie precious have a perfect teacher for crying out loud. Junior high, high school. Who's in junior high? Who's in high school? Wave your hand. Those that are awake, okay, I see those hands. Here's what I want you to know. Being gossiped about is just what 13-year-olds do. Oh, they gossiped, they lied about me. They did. Shouldn't have, but they did. Let me just say something. Boyfriends breaking up with girlfriends and then going with their best friend is what happens when you're 14. It, it's the way it's supposed to happen. It develops character. It develops strength. It develops emotional strength for you to see. It's just kind of what happens. Stop all of this drama in being jerked up about it. The question is, for you 13 to 17-year-olds, will you navigate your life into happiness and peace and joy? Or are you going to OD on drugs? Are you going to numb yourself out? Are you going to get diagnosed with all kinds of disorders? Are you just going to take every thought captive? I'm not going to think about that. I'm going to think about this, and I'm going to be happy today. Somebody say, that's up to you. That's up to you. In the midst of imperfect junior high and high school friends, you decide I'm going to be happy and love my high school years. You just decide to do that. If you're under 18 living at home, wave your hands. Under 18 living at home, okay. Your parents are not perfect. They're not. They handle situations in a wrong way. They they shouldn't have said that to you. They should not have treated you like that. Yes, in fact, they do like your sister better than you. (laughs) They just do. I know it's unfair. I know you're overlooked. I know they like one child in the home much better than they like you. You're the one they've chosen to hate. Your brother and sisters are the one they've chosen to give all of their attention and money to. See, your mistake is thinking your parents should be perfect. They're blowing it. I'm on your side. They're blowing it. you got terrible parents. They're terrible. But you can choose to be happy. You can choose to have a happy life, a blessed life, put a smile on your face and enjoy your life, or you can choose to twist off like everybody else is twisting off, and it's all your parents' fault because you're a nut. Come on, let me just tell you. Your teacher is not perfect She treated you unfair. I am on your side. It was Billy Bob's fault. It ain't never your fault. You've never done anything wrong. Susie Q told Billy Bob, and they framed me, and I get it. It's not your fault. It's never your fault. Your teacher's a real jerk here. Now, soul up, hate, hate life, go in a shell, hate your school, or... Take every thought captive. Put a smile on your face and decide to have a great day today. It's so going to be up to you because you're not going to move and find, well, I'm leaving this school. Well, let me know where you can find a perfect teacher. Let, just let me know when you find one. So it's just pray for those who do you wrong. And then you go on. Those married You're married to somebody that's imperfect. Now, they're a jerk. I get it. I get it. They're sorry. They're miserable. They're low down. I'm, I'm sorry for you. Well, my suggestion is leave them. Leave them. Go marry somebody else and do that eight more times looking for a perfect husband. Or a perfect wife. I just believe, heck with them. I'll go get me a perfect one. When you find that perfect one, let me know, I'm going to come steal her from you. Those in this church, if you're in this church, wave your hand. That'd be the majority of you. Some of you aren't here. I can see by looking, you're not here. But those in this church, you have an imperfect pastor here. What I recommend is on Sunday morning, you drive 60 miles south on Highway 7. <laughs> there is a perfect pastor. I mean, 60 miles from here, there's the perfect church, the perfect pastor. Everything they do down there is perfect. No, I mean, never you disagree with any decisions, just drive down there. That's what you need to do because you got an imperfect pastor here, and I don't know about what's going on at that church. Or, if you don't want to drive 60 miles one way on Sunday, you could go ahead and take your thoughts captive. You could lock arms with an imperfect staff, imperfect church, imperfect people. Lock arms and say, I'm going to help fulfill what God called Russellville Christian Center to do right here. And we'll just all join together and make this happen. And stop thinking, well, I don't know about that decision. Well, I disagreed with that. Well, I don't know why we're spending money on that. Well, I don't know why. Shut all that up. Join arms and let's try to do what God's called this ministry right here to do. Now, be a part of that. Or your other options, drive down perfect church just down the road down there. Your parents, your sister, brother, teacher, boss, nobody's perfect. Now, I've got some news for you because everybody's aware of all of that. That ain't nothing new. But I've got something new for you. You, You've never heard this ever before. And I'm here to tell you. Great speakers pause for emphasis. (laughs) I pause at this point, then I drop it on you. You're not perfect either. Now I know you don't believe that because we can tell by the way you act you don't believe that. All of us have to live with you. All of us have to put up with you. Well, I'm leaving that church. Thank the Lord. Because see, all of us have to put up with you. Your attitude, your sorry attitude You need a lot of forgiveness. You need a lot of people to overlook all of your antics. You do. Teens, I don't know if you have ever thought this. I'm going to say, not a chance. Your parents are awful. You thought that. They're unfair. You thought that. They make wrong decisions. You thought that. But think about this. They have to live with you. Your sorry attitude, you're pouting, you're never grateful for anything that they do for you, your room is always a mess, how would you like to parent you? It's no wonder they're making a mess of this. I'm doing the best I can to deal with your sorry attitude. Husbands, you got to think about this. Your wife is a real piece of work. I get that. Hold on, I already had a blowout. Your wife is a real piece of work, and I get that. But I don't know how she's not slapdab crazy living with you. <laughs> See, you got to think about life. You'll have to think about how life is. I've done countless, countless hours of marriage counseling, and every one of them starts out the same. I say, okay, well, what's up? What's your issue? First sentence, 100% of the time. Well, Tim, I know I'm not perfect, but she wants. she wants she and if I can ever get them to slow down, I say, could we go back to that opening sentence? What, what, what? The line where you said, I know I'm not perfect. Could we ever go back and start this marital problem with, I know I'm not perfect? No, we're going to spit that out, and then here we're going in and berate the one we're married to because of all of their imperfections. But somehow, all of us are supposed to overlook that first sentence. I know I'm not perfect. Okay, well, let's, let's, no, well I want everybody to overlook that. Now, let me tell you what. You, okay, could we talk about all that you're not perfect in? See, we, we, we want everybody to overlook the I'm not perfect part. Well, I'm not perfect. Okay, well, neither is everybody else. (laughs) The key to navigating life with imperfect people, Matthew 6, Jesus teaching us to pray. And in verse 9, he said, you pray like this. You first start out in your prayer, praise his holy name. Our Father, art in heaven, we praise your, hallowed be your name. We praise your holy name. Your will be done in me on earth just like it is in heaven. Now, here's where the prayer goes bad. Here's where the prayer it just turns south on us, and Jesus obviously missed it right here, because he said, "Forgive our sins." How? As we forgive others. See, Jesus didn't understand that there are people who have hurt me and lied about me and wronged me, and they don't deserve me forgiving them. See, he he forgot that part when he just made that blanket statement that I'm supposed to forgive in the same, I'm supposed to get forgive in the same manner that I forgive. Well, okay, well, what about what they did to me? Yeah, that's what we're talking about. And then he says it again in verse 14. If you forgive those who sin against you, your heavenly Father will forgive you. And then it just gets worse. He goes on to verse 15. But if you refuse to forgive others, your heavenly Father will not forgive you of your sins. Man, I wish that was not in there. Because I, I really need my wife to forgive me. See, I really need my coworkers to forgive me. I really need my church family to forgive me, accept me, and love me. See, I really need all of my church family to put their arms around me and help me through difficult times and be here with me and to lock arms with me. See, I need a church family that will support me when I'm really going through tough times, but you let somebody do something that I don't like and I'm out of this church. See, I'm out of here. See, I I need everybody to forgive me, but I don't... Come on, are you getting this? Yeah, it's going to get worse. Since I so need and depend on people forgiving, then why are you so upset at your child's teacher right now? Since you need people to forgive you, why are you so upset at your child's coach? Why are you so upset at your wife, at your husband? Why are you so upset with your boss? Because you are aware... That I'm not perfect. Well, Tim, I'm not perfect. Okay, could we expound on that? See, why do you demand perfection out of your boss, out of your coworker, out of your mate when you need so much forgiveness? I want the Bible somewhere to say, and I've been studying it for years, you forgive people and you let it go unless they've sexually abused you. And then you hold that against them for the rest of their life. See you I just wish the bible would say you forgive people and you let it go unless you've been verbally abused. And in that case, you hold it against them the rest of their life. They don't deserve forgiveness. Do you know there's nothing there's nothing that anybody can ever do to you that the bible does not require you and I to forgive. And I I've, I've tried to find it. Surely it's in there. To navigate your life to happy days, fun days, a life full of joy, a life filled with peace, you have to forgive people all the time for not being perfect, for not doing perfect, for not acting perfect, for not saying and talking perfect. It's just a continual, a continual day of forgiveness. I'm told too often that I'm hard, I'm insensitive, so I'm working on that. Let me back up and say, What you've been through is horrible. What you've been through is horrible. No person should have ever had to endure that. What you have experienced, what you endured, what you dealt with, what you've been through is horrible. And nobody should ever have to do that. You have been wronged. And the hurt that you have experienced is deeper than words can express. Now, I want to say that. I get it. I get it. But my point is, if from today forward, if you're going to live free, if you're going to live happy, if you're going to live life and life more abundant, if you're going to enjoy your life, You will have to take every thought captive about what happened to you. You'll have to. I'm not going to think about that. I'm going to think about this. I'm going to turn that off. I'm going to turn this on. I'm going to take my mind off of that, and I'm going to dwell on this. Philippians 4, think about whatever's lovely, whatever's pure, whatever's good report, and that's what I'm going to think about today. I'm going to forgive them, and I'm going to let that go. How many years will you go to therapy and talk about what happened to you every Tuesday and every Thursday for the rest of your life? You'll never be happy until you come to the place. So I'm going to turn that off and I'm going to turn this on and I'm going to walk in joy and happiness today. See, we're navigating our life in an imperfect world. I wish no bad thing would ever happen to you for your whole life. I wish every person in the world would treat you perfectly. That's what I wish, but we shouldn't have took a bite out of that apple. That's just where we are. Now, in the midst of where we are, let me navigate through the life that I, yes, you were abused and you were hurt, but right now I've got to be a great wife to this husband and to these kids, and I'm going to live happy. Hate that, but here's what I'm going to do. Here's where I'm going to go. See, we're navigating our life. And many just don't know or they wrongly think. And I've heard it preached. If you haven't forgotten, then you haven't forgiven. And I've heard that. I've heard that. If you haven't forgotten, then you haven't forgiven. And, And that's wrong. You're not ever going to forget. You won't ever forget what happened to you. The Greek word translated forgive means to send forth. To send forth. It doesn't mean you can't remember. I can remember, but I have released the holding power of that. I send that forth. When a debt has been forgiven... The one who forgave the debt sends forth. It's a letting go of their right to hold you in debt to them. Some years ago, I borrowed some money from a bank, and I I bought 300 acres. And I did some subdividing and some building and some work in there, and I I paid that 300-acre loan off. The bank let their hold over me go. Now, the bank and I both remember that. <laughs> we both remember that, but they don't hold it over me. When I go out to eat with the president of the bank and we have lunch together, he doesn't bring that back up to me. Well, Tim, you remember. You, he doesn't ever bring that up. See, he sent it for. He's let the hold of that go, and we have lunch together with there is no holding power because he has forgiven me. Are you getting this? When we forgive those who have wronged us, we're not saying that we approve of what you did. We're not saying we're okay with what you did. We're not saying that I completely forgot what you did. Forgiveness does not change or okay what was done. Forgiveness does not forget what was done. It changes the way I look at what was done. And it releases any holding power of obligation that I am holding that person in. And I'm free. I'm free. I'm at peace. I'm free. I am full of joy and happiness. I'm having a great day because I'm not holding the fact that you used me, you abused me, you hurt me. I'm not holding that in my holster so that I'm ready to fire it when I need power over you. I let it go. I let it go. Kim, how can I possibly forgive? How can I do that? Well, Susan wouldn't have asked me to teach today if she didn't want some one, two, threes. That's what I do. I'm not going to ever teach something in theory and not tell you, okay, here's how you do that. Okay. Ooh, that sounded great. Ooh, that's a good message. I can't do none of that. Okay, I'm gonna tell you how. Three steps. Step number one. Step number one choose to. Choose to. Now, let me just tell you, just so you don't feel sorry for me. Some sermons that I write, I know there's gonna be a lot of laughter, a lot of applause, a lot of amens, people grabbing their white hankies. So, I've been doing this a long time. (laughs) Some sermons I write, I know this ain't gonna get no applause. No I means This is one of them. So I'm not getting nervous because you're just staring at me. I was ready for this. Number one, choose to. You, you just choose to do it. You lay down the desire to hold on to that wrong. You lay down the desire to hold on to that hurt. You lay down the desire to hold on to that abuse. So that you can use that against that person. Here's what I'm telling you. You will never be happy until you choose to forgive and let it go. You'll never be happy. You'll never enjoy your life. And I'm going to have a ball living. I have fun. I have a ball living. I'm going to enjoy life. And I cannot do that holding anger against somebody. i got to let it go. How do I do that? I choose to. We live with imperfect. Moms, dads, teachers, bosses, brothers, sisters, uncles, cousins, neighbors. We live with imperfect. So life is a daily act of forgiveness. You just let it go and you choose to be happy today. Now here's what can happen. You can go to your room and you can seethe. You can hate. You can fuel anger. You can get in your car and you can leave the house boiling mad, so mad you can just see red in your eyes. Or, standing right there in the kitchen, you can choose to forgive, let it go, and be happy. Right there. Right there in the kitchen where this event happened, you can choose to let it go and be happy. That's what I'm going to do. How do I do that? Choose to. You choose to. I have chosen to have a fun day today. I've chosen to have a happy day today. Okay, that means I'm going to have to let a lot of stuff go. Because at every turn in my day, somebody is sticking me. This encounter right now that I'm having with someone who is not perfect is not stealing my happiness today. Not doing it. Not doing it. I'm not going to let this steal my happiness today. It happens to me in the line at Walmart. I get behind the first day checker every time. I get behind someone who didn't get the price on there, and they got to go to the back of the store, and there's no prices back there. And I, I, That's who I get. Now, I made a decision to be happy, and it's, it's getting sucked out of me right now. <laughs> I talk about it all the time because I'm having a struggle with it alright, we've been here for 10 minutes checking you out, checking you out okay, you owe one twenty-seven oh five. oh, okay Let me, where's my purse Let me give, I want to tap on the show while she's checking you out ma'am, go ahead and get your purse find your credit card get it out and have it right there ready to jap up in that little machine when she says, here's your price don't you turn around and then start looking for your credit card I'm telling you, I decided today to be happy, and right now, I can just feel it. It's just it's sucking out of me right here. See, you've got to make a decision. They're not perfect. This little lady's not perfect. This checker's not perfect. And dead gummit, I'm not either. So we'll just all stand here while you look for 15 minutes for your credit card. All over this place right now. I, b- bow your head right now. Choose to forgive right now. Just, I'm choosing to forgive. Whatever, whoever's wronged you, whatever's happened this last week, I'm gonna let that go. I'm choosing, I choose to forgive. I just make that decision right now. I choose to forgive. All right, here we go. Number two you got to have faith in God to forgive. Now, what that means is, and I don't have time to teach all on Joseph. If you hadn't read that story, the last half of Genesis, you need to go read that. Joseph's brother sold him into slavery, uh, dipped his coat in some animal blood, told dad he got killed. Then he went off into slavery, was lied about, in the dungeon, forgotten. And y'all know the story. He becomes the leader of all of Egypt, handled the food and the famine, you're in control, okay? The end of the story, the brother's... Come back. They're all in a panic. He's going to kill us. In Genesis chapter 50 verse 20, this is a key for us today. Joseph said, what you meant for evil, God used it for good in my life. See, your boyfriend meant to hurt you. Let God use that for good in your life. See, your ex-husband meant to hurt you. Let God use that for good in your... See, what you you did, you meant it for evil. There's no mistake about that. You meant to stab me in the back, but I'm going to... See, I got faith in God. I turn, Romans 8, 28. Y'all know the verse. He, he will take what was meant to destroy us, and he will use that for somehow my good. And here Joseph is saving the whole world of starvation all because of some real jerks that meant to do him in but God took that see it Had this horrible not happened, Joseph would have never been in a position for that. God used what was meant for his destruction and turned it for his good. Had this horrible wrong not happened, my mom took me out of school with all of my friends and moved me to another school and totally wrecked my whole life except it was in that school that I met my wife. And we had a great marriage for 45 years. See, but it was a horrible thing that happened. It was horrible. That should have never happened, but you moved or it changed or you lost this job or a company came in and bought your company and let you go. And It was horrible, but had that not happened, see, you turn it over to God and say, God, you take what was meant to destroy me. I don't know how. I don't have a clue, but I got faith in you. You will cause this to be for my good some way, somewhere, somehow. Or you go to counseling and talk about it for the rest of your life and rehash what was done to you. Or you say, God, take it. Now, you use this for my good and bless me because of what was meant to destroy me. I forgive. How do I do that? You trust God. You stand on Romans eight twenty eight. That boyfriend broke up with you. That's an indication God's got a better one. That job you were laid off, that's an indication God's got you a better one. See that business deal that went south, that's an indication God's got you a better one. All over this room, come on, right now. God, I give it to you. I give it to you. Take what was meant for my destruction, and now you somehow turn that in to my good. See, you have faith in God. You have faith in God to make something good come out of this. How do I do I do that? Well... The third way, how do I forgive? Third way, we forgive in light of our own forgiveness. How do I forgive somebody? I'm constantly aware of the fact that I need forgiveness. How do I forgive a friend that wronged me? Is I'm aware of the fact if I'm going to have any friends, they're going to have to overlook some of my shortcomings. See, you live... You live in an imperfect world with imperfect people. They gossip, hurt, blame, abuse, abuse, overlook. I've not been treated right and I have hurts. But listen to me. I've not treated everybody else right either. I've said some things I should have said. I hurt some people in a way I should have have never said that. I should have never acted like that. I should have never done that. And I am in need of folks forgiving me and overlooking. The problem is, is that that speck and that log deal. That's just always a real problem. You know, that. It's just, that's a tough one. That speck and log deal. Y'all, y'all are familiar with that, aren't you? Yeah, I was afraid of that. But... <laughs> That you, that you, don't, don't worry about the speck in somebody else's eye. you you got your hands full with the log that's in your eye. The title of today is just Navigating Life. For you to ever have peace and joy and abundance, you, you'll have to live knowing that you want your neighbors and your friends, your coworkers, to accept and overlook you. There, there are just those people that are never wrong. Ever, it's tragic, women. If you're married to one, <laughs> it's never their fault, ever. It's never their imperfections. Never. It's always somebody else's fault. Whatever. It's they see no blame whatsoever because they are perfect in every way. Come on, you, you've got to come to a place in your life where you admit and see that I got some faults here. I'm not perfect, and my family's got to put up with me, so I'm just going to have to put up with them. My attitude's not always the best. I get my feathers ruffled. See, you, you just can't live never being wrong. You're going to have to understand you're not perfect, and you need forgiveness because that catapults you to the place of able to forgive other people. Turn to Matthew 18. This is a parable that Jesus teaches. I would love for this one to have been left out. Peter's asking him about this forgiveness deal and how often and what I gotta do. And, you know, Peter was dealing with what we're talking about today. And, and no, 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 you, you, it's not seven times. Jesus said it's 70 times seven. That just means forever. I just go on. Oh, let me tell you something. I mean, let, let me explain it to you this way. Verse twenty three: Kingdom of heaven is compared to a king who decided to bring his accounts up to date with the servants who had borrowed money from him. In the process, one of his debtors was brought in who owed him millions of dollars. He couldn't pay, so his master ordered that he be sold along with his wife, children, everything he owned to pay the debt. The man fell down before his master, begged him, "Please be patient with me, and I'll pay." His master was filled with pity for him, and he released him and forgave his debt, millions of dollars. But when the man left the king, he went to a fellow servant who owed him a few thousand dollars. He grabbed him by the throat and demanded instant payment. His fellow servant fell down before him, begged for a little more time. Be patient with me, I'll pay it, he pleaded. But his creditor couldn't wait. He had the man arrested, put in prison, till the debt could be paid in full. When some of the other servants saw, they were upset. So they went to the king and told him everything that had happened. Then the king called the man he had forgiven and said, You evil servant. I forgave you that tremendous debt because you pleaded with me. Shouldn't you have mercy on your fellow servant just as I've had mercy on you? Then the angry king sent the man to prison to be tortured till he had paid his entire debt. That's what my heavenly father will do to you if you refuse to forgive. I've looked in the Greek and Hebrew, it says the same thing. Couldn't be more clear here. Why? at the ball game are you screaming and grabbing the referee by the throat because of a call when when, when you're not perfect why do we demand perfect why in the, why are you yelling and screaming at your husband and demanding perfection from you're, you're not the perfect wife see what we want everybody else Justice and what's right. But oh, I need forgiveness. I need forgiveness here. Come on. D- don't 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 be jumping on your child's teacher, yelling and screaming and hollering down at the principal's office carrying on. She handled it wrong. I'll give it to you. That's wrong. She had a bad day. Let's pray for her. Let's pray for her. Let's support the school. Let's support the teacher. Let's pray for her. And let's receive forgiveness as we forgive others. See, that's how you do this. You come to a place where you understand, I need forgiveness. And since I do, I'm going to have to forgive. Come on, bow your head right here. Everybody in here. This is hard for some. You've been wronged. You, you, you've, you, you've been wronged. But what you need to know is you've done wrong. You've done wrong yourself, and you need forgiveness. And because you have done wrong, you need forgiveness. You have to forgive. God, thank you for forgiving me. Thank you for forgiving me. Thank you, Lord, for not giving me what I deserve. But right now, I forgive. God, you've had mercy on me. Right now, I have mercy. God, you you have forgiven me. You've given me a brand new start. Now, Lord, I let this go. I let this go. And I forgive. God, in light of all that you have forgiven me of, I forgive those around me that haven't been perfect. See, you let it go. You choose to. You let it go. You choose to forgive. You have faith in God that your wrong will turn out for your right if you'll let it. The bad that's happened to you will turn out to bless you if you'll let it. How do I do this? I need forgiveness, therefore, I'm going to have to forgive. God, I trust you. I trust you. I roll all of this over on you in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name, y'all stand with me. Come on, all over this place. You've been wronged, you've been hurt. Tim, you don't know what I've been through. I know exactly what you've been through because it's living life with imperfect people. It just is. Maybe the names and the situation and the date changes, but all that you've been through is it. What you've been through is not common to all mankind. It just is. We just live in a sinful world. And I hate it for you. My heart goes out to you today. And I can't right that wrong, but here's what I can do. I can get you to a place where you can live happy full of peace, full of joy, and enjoy in your life. How do you do that? You choose to. You let God have it, and let Him use it, and you understand, I'm not perfect, so I'm not going to demand perfection out of everybody else. Father, your hand be on us this week as we walk in all of your provisions, and we will walk in life and life more abundant. We worship you today, we honor you, and thank you for setting us free. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. God bless y'all. Have a great week.